Hello everyone. Sorry for my absence for anyone who's actually noticed that I've not updated the podcast feed in a while. I had a hell of a time leaving Mexico. I was in Costa Rica again. A lot of things went wrong. I lost a lot of money and I was busy. I wasn't really in a position to prioritize putting out material even though I have actually got two shows in the can from appearances I was invited to. If you've been listening much, you'll notice that I haven't done much in the way of Scottish Liberty podcast original material. While I was traveling, I've still got to work, I've still got to see my clients, and I've got additional responsibilities I have to see my people and go to events I have to that makes it sound awful much like a chore but it's not it's great but it's also really tiring so it's hard to focus on doing everything at once however I would like to start doing new interviews when I get back to Scotland so we'll see how that goes maybe those things which are in the can maybe I'll put them out soon or maybe I'll save them for when they're needed I'll try and go back to a weekly schedule usually often I manage to get into a good groove of putting things out weekly and then or roughly weekly and then it tends to be if I fall off I fall off so thanks for your patience with me I know you've got lots of other podcasts to listen to so You probably weren't at a loss for things to listen to, but it's nice to stay in touch with you. And I miss letting you all know what I've been up to. I had a great time in Nashville. I was invited to participate in a colloquium from the American Institute of Economic Research because of my book on UBI. They're also releasing a sort of foreign against book on UBI, so I was consulted along with some other people, and that was lots of fun. I really enjoyed it, and it was very stimulating. I made some new friends, which is always great. And I was recommended to apply for a fellowship, a temporary fellowship thing, where you go and hang out for 12 weeks in Great Barrington, of all places, after the Declaration, or rather, the place of the Declaration was named after. So I'll probably do that, whether I'll get it or not is obviously up to someone other than the person who recommended I do it, but hopefully with his endorsement that will go ahead. What else? Then next I went on to Denver after a meet-up in in Nashville with some libertarians, which was also fun. Got to see people I've not seen for a while and lots of new faces and uh, down some drinks. So Denver was mostly seeing friends. I didn't organize an event, but I went to Liberty on the Rocks, which was great. I saw Mike Humor. I I caught up with the great Mike Humor for a chat. It's the second time we've met in person. And he's a really cool, great thinker. One of the sharpest people I've ever met. He's good to talk to about philosophical stuff because he will call you when you're making an argument that's a little bit tentative. And I think we get on pretty good because uh, we're both the kind of people who are able to accept 
when someone uh, contradicts us or points out a flaw and go, hmm, you might be right about that. Let me think. So that that that's good. I'd like I'd like to speak to him more. I'd like to get him on the show. He says he'd be up for that. He's done a lot of stuff on the problem of political authority. However, he's interested in talking about paradoxes and things like that. Um, maybe get him to talk about the libertarian case for animal welfare rights or whatever you want to call them. I personally, as you probably know, I'm a vegetarian, but I don't really think that rights is the right way to look at it. I think talking about the reduction of unnecessary suffering is the way to talk about it. And I think that's... Uh, the, the show I did on that, on Lines of Liberty, is very popular. In fact, if you're interested in listening to it, you can find it in the Scottish Liberty podcast feed, along with some bonus material. A lot of meat eaters got in touch and said that they really enjoyed it and they found it to be good food for thought, if you'll pardon the pun. Then what else happened? So now I am in Seattle. I went to the Washington State Convention. So many great libertarians live in Washington State. Really awesome people. I already had some friends here because this is my third visit, I believe. And who knew, you know, who knew I'd go to Nashville twice, never mind once. Who knew I'd go to Denver four times? Or is it my fifth time? I don't know. Crazy. Crazy life. Awesome life, but crazy. And also expensive life. (laughs) Yeah, especially now with this inflation. Like, uh, I said in my talk at the Washington... I was asked to speak at the Washington Convention by my friends. I said in my talk... Soon the Mexicans are going to be saying build that wall to keep all the Americans out who are coming to escape inflation. Anyway, that was a great event. Some great people there. Spike Cohen, who I'm already a fan of, friends with. I first met him in Delaware when I was doing Liberty Speaks. And then again in Florida, I made friends with his wife Tasha and we message every so often on WhatsApp to catch up with each other she feels a little bit of kinship with me since she's Canadian and we're the non-Americans so it was great to see them both again I always enjoy their company seen them since in Lakeland Florida for the Florida convention last year and again in Miami where we went out they both salsa dance so if you're going to do that anywhere Miami is the place to go so these are amazing people. Like, if you should, if you've not been to libertarian state conventions, you should go. If nothing else, then to get the chance to hang out with Spike Cohen and his wife and Angela McCardle and Joe Jorgensen was there. I've only spoken to her briefly before, but I got a snap with her this time, so that was nice. And more like the local people, like the Washington State people, really great people. I, I don't understand. I messaged around a few people and said, are you coming to the convention? And they were in varying stages between, I didn't know it was on, and I don't really get involved in political events. Nothing to do with that. You should go just to meet people who see the world the way that you do. You don't have to be interested in getting involved in politics to give you a reason to go. You can make such great friends. So it frustrates me when libertarians talk about how isolated we are and things like that but they they don't even go to events i've known people who have literally told me that they're lonely and they don't go out to events it makes my mind boggle 
Plus, you might meet me at one of them. So, I was meant to go on Spike Cohen's show two or three times, but every time something comes up and we have to reschedule it. So, the idea was floated out of actually doing the show in person, South Carolina, but making it both an event for people in North Carolina and South Carolina. But some people might even come from further afield because he's a pretty big figure. And he's popular for a reason, because he's a great libertarian, and he's charismatic, and got social skills. And he's nice. So that would be amazing. I'd feel really good about that. Someone official in the party asked me if I minded being recommended as a speaker for national events. So that's pretty funny for anyone who knows me and follows this show. Would I mind... Would I mind? Would I mind being recommended as a national speaker? It's not like I have an ego that needs constant stroking, is it? Would I mind? (laughs) So I'm really, really happy with all that stuff. See, this is the thing about being in Scotland. Like, I never knew that I was well-known as I am. I never had opportunities to become well-known by meeting people, networking them, getting to know them better. And... I didn't feel like I was useful. Whereas when I was touring the USA, I did feel like I was useful. I felt like I could inspire people. And I got people jobs and things like that just because I knew some libertarians that were, you know, looking for jobs and I'd made a big network so I could pass them on to other people uh, who I'd met. I can network people together. Sometimes I meet people and they're like, oh, I'm from this state. And I'm like, oh, I know some libertarians there. Would you would you like me to introduce you? Of course I would. Yeah. I, so I'm still trying to figure out how to be as useful as possible. But tomorrow is a very big day because it's the day I fly back to Scotland for the first time in a year and a half. So that's completely crazy. Thanks for listening to my update. This is a show that Tam appeared on where he discussed whether we should whether the government should ban parents for spanking smacking as we say in the UK their children it's an interesting quandary personally you know I do think that smacking your kids is a violation of the NAP however in this juncture in history where you know uh the government can take kids away from their parents and even if people and they can they can use the courts to silence them but even if people put it on facebook or youtube or google uh, the algorithm could kill the story there's been all sorts of invasions into the into the life of into the private life everything gets made political do I think it should be legal personally? Kind of. I think I think it I don't think there should be a new law. I think you could consider parents to be part of the assault law. Assault, but I mean are you should should parents get put in jail? No. How do you but I mean the backstop for every punishment is jail and guns, isn't it? So if the government has the right to say that you can't hit your children with objects, then 
they definitely have the right to say you can't hit them but is it favorable for them to do that if the state if you if you think you should be able to hit your kids with objects then the the state has the right to say you can't cut your children's head off so yeah they, they've got the right to say the one role of the state that minarchists believe in is to protect the rights of citizens, the right not to be aggressed against. So if the government's allowed to do anything, it would be allowed to ban smacking. Whether it's favourable for them to do so or not, well, that remains to be seen. It seemed to work in a lot of European countries. In a lot of European countries, they introduced the anti-smacking law and it was unpopular when it came in. But within 10, 15, 20 years, no one wanted to reverse it. The amount of hitting children went down, etc, etc. And, you know, one thing, on the other hand, it's not on the other hand, on the invisible hand. I heard that Adam Smith smacked someone on TV with the invisible hand. On the other hand, well, maybe the cultural shift was happening anyway. On the other hand maybe it's not enough to tell people not to do things because people need to know what to do instead. So it's no good if you ban smacking but the parents just yell at their children or uh, more, a lot more and a lot more aggressively or lock them away in their room uh, for too long or Lord knows. So the thing is people actually need communication skills they need negotiation skills they need to read books like how to talk so kids will listen and listen so kids will talk so that they've got other things other ways of dealing with what is considered misbehavior and constructively dealing with difficult problems that arise from having a child there's a on whether smacking is harmful like, I know some people are skeptical about this, but as far as I can see, the science is settled. I've got a YouTube... Uh, on the Be Yourself and Love It podcast, I've got a show called What Neuroscience and Research Says About Spanking. And the neuroscience and research says that children can react similarly to smacking as more... The, the brain In the brain, it can be similar towards more serious forms of abuse. Why? Well, maybe because you've got a fight-or-flight mechanism and when you trigger the fight-or-flight mechanism, you want to fight or you want to run away. And when you hold down a child and hit them, they can't fight you and they can't run away. And that's how trauma happens. You know, if you if you have a car crash, your fight-or-flight fight mechanism gets triggered, you can't run away you can't fight, you know, you might suffer a trauma and then even though your legs are fine, you walk with a limp, there's no physical damage but there's some kind of neurological thing or you get you develop a tick because you went ah and then you keep on repeating that action. You know, the, the mind can get stuck in these things. Uh, all sorts. Of, there's all sorts of different ways that people respond to traumas. Their moods change or who knows? It's uh, The brain reacts, but it doesn't unreact. And it thinks, well, I reacted in that way, and that kept me safe. So I'm just going to keep on going down that road, even though it's no longer relevant. So, yeah, so I think the less people smack their kids, the better. 
However, what's the best way to affect that change? Here is Tam Laird on GB News expressing his opinion on whether the government should or shouldn't ban smacking. Oh yeah, and by the way, it's episode 203. It's time now for the big question in which we tackle a major news story of the day from multiple points of view. Smacking and slapping children has been outlawed in Wales with people told to contact social services or police if they see a parent or carer meeting out physical punishment. The law change, which came into force first thing on Monday of this week, was hailed as historic by the Labour-led Welsh government and a number of child protection champions who called for England to do just the same, to outlaw smacking. But critics, including the Welsh Conservatives, expressed concerns that it would criminalise parents trying to do their best and create a snitch culture with people shopping their neighbours and even making malicious allegations. So what do we think about this? Should smacking children be illegal? To debate this topic, I'm delighted to welcome Tam Laird, leader of the Scottish Libertarian Party, Dr Bernard Gallagher, independent child protection researcher, and Anna May Mangan, author and, very importantly, a mother. Um, let's speak, first of all, to Tom Laird. Tom, do you think that smacking should be against the law? It's my view. I mean, the party has varying views within it, so there isn't one libertarian position. Um, my view is I'm not prepared to criminalise parents for smacking. I think there's already adequate laws against the abuse and the beating of children. Um, I think, I, I believe in peaceful parenting. I'm an advocate of peaceful parenting. I think there's a better, more excellent way of dealing with children and dealing in, in discipline, but I'm not prepared. Yeah, look, it's all, it's all very well making laws, but when you make a law, you have to back up that law with force and violence. Otherwise, it's not a law, it's merely a suggestion. So I'm not prepared to use force against parents and lock them up in a cage beside murderers and rapists, or fine them, or worse still, take their kids off them because they've smacked. And I think there's a real danger here of state overreach. If this was an isolated thing, Fair enough, but I think over the last couple of years we've seen some real um, state overreach into private institutions, into the family, and an attack on parental responsibility. So that's a concern to me, and that's a concern to, to libertarians. And the idea, frankly, that government cares about your children is, frankly, and in the circumstances of the last two years, preposterous. But, Tam, if this legislation prevents abuse against just one child, surely it's worth it? I don't see that it can. Law never prevented anything. All the law does is allows you to punish after the event. Um, and there's already adequate um, provision within the law uh, to deal with people who beat and abuse their children. So while again, I, I say I'm for peaceful parenting, I think it's, a, it's the best method, but I'm not prepared to criminalize people who, who smack. And I certainly won't be grassing up anybody I see giving out what I would think would maybe be reasonable chastisement depending on the circumstances. Anna May Mangan, that's what's just your- a personal opinion. Yeah, fair enough. And that's what it's uh, that's what it's all about, Tam. And we're pleased that you've expressed it on the show. I'll come back to you shortly. Anna May Mangan, what's your view? Should smacking be illegal? 
It certainly should be illegal. It's brutalising little children. In, in a couple, a husband wouldn't get away with whacking his wife or vice versa. So why would you do it to the, most, the smallest and most vulnerable person? in your family. It doesn't make any sense at all. And I'm not suggesting a van goes out and rounds everybody up who has been uh, described as smacking their children. I think what this law does is it makes a change, like a cultural change. It's the start of a change. Often it takes a generation for this to come about. But I mean, if you think about seatbelts, nobody, very few people don't put their seatbelts out. We all well, now, we don't send children up chimneys anymore. Yet we move on and we learn. And the whole point of discipline is to change a child's behaviour. So what are you teaching them by making, by smacking them? You're only encouraging them to smack their siblings or to smack the child sat next to them in class. It's, it's old fashioned, it's outdated. And I think people recognise it as, as, as a form of, of um, what? It's violence. Yeah, it's violence. Dr. Bernard Gallagher, you are an independent child protection researcher. What's your view? Does this law do more harm than good, as suggested by Tam Laird? I don't think it will do any harm. I agree uh, with Anna May that uh, it is wrong to smack children. They're the only group in society that in England we're currently allowed to smack. You know, we're not allowed to smack our partners. We're not allowed to smack our colleagues. So why are we allowed to smack children? The other point I'd like to make is that um, basically parents aren't going to get prosecuted for smacking their parents. I can understand that people are fearful of that, but that isn't going to happen in the vast majority of cases. What it's important to bear in mind here about this legislation in Wales, and Scotland has it already, and I, I believe 62 other countries have it, <clears throat> it's symbolic. It's trying to discourage violence in the home. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I, I make it crystal clear, I think any smacking of any child is wrong, but, you know, that's not as serious as some of the abuse cases I spent my career studying. And some of us will remember the case of Arthur Labinio Hughes and Star Hobson's two young children that were murdered by their parents, for, um, their parents were convicted fairly, fairly recently. Now, what I'm trying to say is that this law has a symbolic value to discourage violence in the home in general, and that will actually save some serious abuse cases because it's sending out a general message that violence is wrong. And I think all of us would want to agree with that message that violence is wrong in whatever form. Let's try and do as much as we can to, to discourage it. Let's have a change of attitude because for too long, too many societies have been wedded, almost obsessed with the idea that they should have this right to smack children. They don't need that. There's other... Smacking isn't very effect, isn't effective anyway, and there's far more effective ways of caring for your children. However, Anna May Mangan, there's a difference, isn't there, between somebody that cruelly abuses their child, for which, as Tam Laird points out, there are laws in place, and a normal parent that just taps their child symbolically on the risk because they try to no. run across the road. In Wales no. now, you could get your it kids is, taken off you for doing that. It has lost control. And it's about their loss of control, not what, what this done. Is that a loss of control? an idea about what justifies it. It's a, it's a signal. My favourite... 
remark is, oh, it was only a little tap. Well, if it was only a little tap, why are you doing it? Why don't you reason with them? Why don't you talk to them? Why don't you get down to their level? Why don't you give them an evil stare? I mean, that's what my mother used to do to me, and it worked. And other things, parents who slap say, oh, it didn't do me any harm. But of course it did, because they're doing it to their child. So it's perpetuating the cycle. And I'm delighted that this law's come in, because it's going to modify people's behaviour, not instantly, but over a period of time. Uh, although Anna May Mangan, I'm wondering, wondering where you draw the line, because if a child, let's say, is behaving badly in a restaurant, if you scoop them out of their seats and manhandle them uh, outside to, to have a conversation with, with them about their behavior, or let's take that example of a child that is about to step into the road, you want to send them a message that what they've just done could be fatal. And if you therefore physically communicate that message, that will serve them well in life. Yeah, so you give them a big smack for that. Where does that get you? It doesn't teach them anything. It teaches them to hit their little brother or sister. I, it, it's interesting, actually, because modify, I've been in restaurants where a lot of adults behave really, really badly, and they don't slap each other. They get drunk. They misbehave, and everyone tolerates that. So why can't you tolerate a little child behaving badly <clears throat> for a while? There's ways to teach well, and train them, not yeah. smacking them. Imagine a giant walked into the studio now, and he was two or three times your height and gave you what he described as a little slap. He'd probably knock you out. And you'd be terrified. I mean, that is what it must feel like to a child when an adult bears down on them. It would be great for our ratings, though. I mean, I'd pay to see that. Uh, let's come back to you, Tam Laird, about this, because uh, I think what's also at play here is the issue of parental autonomy, which I would have thought as the leader of the Scottish Libertarian Party is a concern of yours. Well, of course it is. Um, but let me be absolutely clear. I'm not advocating smacking your kids. I believe in peaceful parenting. I think it's a good idea. There are many good arguments for peaceful parenting. I don't think you wouldn't do it to an adult is a strong argument. You wouldn't pick up an adult and strap them into the back seat of your car and force them to go down to the supermarket with you and drag them around the shops. Or there's probably a lot of blokes shouting at the screen at, the miss at this point, tell that to my missus. Um, but no, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not for smacking children. But I'm just not prepared to criminalise parents. So there's some horrific stories coming out of Norway at the moment of people who are having their children taken away from them for the slightest thing, not even smacking, sometimes just for uh, other kinds of punishment that don't involve physical punishment. And that is my concern. And it's part of a greater movement to undermine parental authority. That's my view. And if, But let's face it, if there's something good comes out of this, if the government sticks to its own principles and doesn't attack children with needles full of an experimental vaccine, then maybe that's a good thing. Uh, briefly, Tam Laird, uh, we've seen in Scotland advice to primary schools that children as young as five can choose their own name or their own gender without parental consent. Um, yeah, well, my solution to that one is get your kids out of state schools. There is absolutely no legal requirement at this moment in time to send your children to state school. That may change. I know Scotland would love to go down the road in Sweden and actually outlaw homeschooling. But I think the solution there is get your kids out of state school. Um, the reason, Dr. Bernard Gallagher, why I mentioned that example of children being able to choose their gender or which toilets they use out with parental influence is that this is a state land grab of parental autonomy, isn't it? And surely that's a dangerous precedent to set. It's up to parents to raise their kids, not the government. 
No. I mean, the, the state isn't trying to interfere needlessly or inappropriately in family life. What it's trying to do in the case of Wales is deter people from smacking their children. And as we've said already in, on this programme, um, children aren't afforded the rights that are afforded to everybody else. You cited a moment ago, what's wrong with a little tap on the hand? Would you tap your partner on the hand? Would you tap your partner on the face? Would you, you know, sort of quite violently remonstrate with one of your colleagues? You wouldn't do. So why do you do it to a child? And it's doubly important not to do it to a child because it's not effective. And there are other much more appropriate ways of actually bringing up your children. All the government in Wales is trying to do is encouraging more appropriate parenting. Now, the state is involved in all aspects of our lives. It runs the National Health Service. Exactly. That's a very good thing. So I think this thing about, again, this obsession with um, overstate in, um, involvement is a sort of myth, basically. All the government of Wales is trying to do is to ensure that encourage children to be brought up in a more appropriate way without sort of inflicting violence upon them. What's uh, uh, briefly, I want, to come, I want to come back, if I may, to Anna May Mangan in a moment, but uh, you're shaking your head there, Tam Laird. Yeah, I, I was. I mean, I, I think it's just a bit disingenuous to say that the state doesn't want to get involved in, 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 the, in, family, in family life and, and, and tell people that there is far too much state overreach. And do I think the state should be running the health service? Absolutely not. And the state makes a horrible parent. Now, you're talking about encouragement and encouraging children. Why don't you encourage parents, instead of threatening with violence that big men with sticks will come and throw you in the jail if you smack your kids, why not just encourage parents to, you know, to, to, to look after their children and not to hit them and to be peaceful parents? Encourage, don't punish. Take your own advice here. OK, and finally, Anna May Mangan, what if this is weaponized by a bad actor, somebody that wants to get revenge on a neighbour or a friend or a family member by reporting abuse that isn't happening? Well, I, mean, I think that's a risk any responsible parent would take. But I find it interesting this talking about the state and owning children. So you have your children, people think they own them, therefore they can smack them. But if someone else smacked their child, for example, a teacher, they'd lose their cool, I'm guessing most of them. You wouldn't smack a friend's child. So because it's your child, it doesn't mean that you have to, you have a license to behave badly. So, I mean, yeah, so the, the, the state argument interfering doesn't follow through for me. Uh, my deep thanks to all three of you for what has been a balanced and fascinating conversation. Tam Laird is the leader of the Scottish Libertarian Party. Dr Bernard Gallagher is an independent child protection researcher. And Anne May Magan, Anna May Magan. It, by the way, Anna May, tell me about your books. Can you plug your book, please? Oh, well, I've, uh, I had a best-selling London Irish memoir about my family. There were 13 children in my parents' on both sides and uh, they some, sometimes they smacked but two generations away we've all changed but yeah it's a funny makes you laugh makes you cry read what, what's what's it called uh, me and mine me and mine by anna may yeah. mangan you'll have to come into the studio okay. and tell us yeah. all about it uh, thanks so much to all three of you a really interesting conversation